turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God's not just going to judge the big stuff like murder. He's going to judge the little things, the lightest things, the things that some might say, well, that's not really that big of a deal or that's not really that bad or that's just a small thing. That's a little thing. Well, listen, God's going to put it all in the scales. God's going to weigh it all, the big things and the little things that we've done. Some people have the mindset that if they haven't committed any big sin, they're good people. Living a good life, being a good person, is enough to earn heaven, right? Well, as Pastor Dan teaches today, God judges the big sins and the little sins. Every thought, word, deed, emotion, everything. People will have to give account for all of it. Yet, as a believer... You can rejoice because you have salvation by Jesus on the cross. His death on the cross paid for the big sins and little sins. You're now blameless before God. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 5 with today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 5, if you want to turn there in your Bible for me. Uh, we're also going to look at Leviticus chapter 26. That's right, Leviticus chapter 26, Ezekiel chapter 5, as we have been going through the book of Ezekiel, really going through the Old Testament. Well, remember the Jewish people at this point, uh, there are a group of them that are in captivity in Babylon. Ezekiel the prophet is among them, uh, and those that were in the captivity were not listening to God's word. Uh, they were listening instead to the false teachers, the false teachers who told them that everything's going to be okay, that this captivity thing is going to end soon, don't unpack your suitcase, we're going to be going back to Jerusalem soon, God's going to set us free. And people were listening to those false teachers instead of listening to the word of God because they liked the message of the false teachers more than the word of God. Uh, and, and today there are people like that still that, that prefer a feel-good message over the truth of God's word and what God's word really says. Things really have not changed Uh, In man's heart for thousands of years, man is exactly the same as he was in Ezekiel's day. Uh, So people are are listening to these false teachers, believing these false teachers, thinking that they're going to go home to Jerusalem soon, that the captivity will end and be over soon. 
And so we saw last week in chapter 4 that God told Ezekiel to begin to act out the message. Instead of just telling the people with words, God told Ezekiel to act out his message before the people. Uh, And in chapter 4, God had Ezekiel do uh, three uh, demonstrations to illustrate uh, the coming judgment of Jerusalem. Uh, And now in chapter 5, God tells Ezekiel to give a fourth illustration, to to act out another another illustration for, for the people. You know, it's really amazing to see God's heart for people that have turned away from him. And how he is pursuing them. He's pursuing the children of Israel that have forsaken him. Even to the point that he has his prophet Ezekiel do things that are are pretty humiliating for Ezekiel to do. But that just shows God's heart for the lost. And God's heart for those that have wandered away from him. He he, uh, is not willing that any would perish. But that all would come to repentance and salvation. And he pursues people and chases after them to try to persuade them to turn to him for salvation. We see that here demonstrated with Ezekiel. Uh, In this fourth illustration now that we find in chapter 5, verse 1, God says to Ezekiel, And you, son of man, take a sharp sword, take it as a barber's razor, and pass it over your head, and your beard, and then take scales to weigh and divide the hair. Again, God is trying to get the attention of the people. They're not listening to his word, and so he has Ezekiel do kind of these unusual illustrations to get their attention. And he tells Ezekiel to take a sharp sword, a weapon, take a sharp sword. And use it like a barber's razor and shave his head and shave off his beard. I'm sure he had to sharpen that sword before he used it like a razor. You can imagine what this this looked like. You can picture in your mind uh, Ezekiel with this sword, you know, and shaving off his beard with a sword and shaving his head uh, with a sword. And I'm, I'm sure... Uh, This demonstration got the people's attention. I'm sure people on the street as they're walking by and they see Ezekiel with this sword shaving his face. I'm sure they stopped and they, they, they gawked and they watched and they wondered, what in the world is this guy doing? You know, I, I wonder how many times did Ezekiel nick himself while he was shaving off his beard with a sword. I'm sure that wasn't a very clean shave. Uh, and then after Ezekiel shaved his head and shaved off his beard, it says in verse 1, God tells him to take scales to weigh the hair, and then he's going to divide the hair uh, into to three piles. Now, remember, Ezekiel was a priest. God called him to be a prophet. But he he was born into a a priest family, and he was a priest. And according to the law, Leviticus chapter 21, verse 5, if you're taking notes, priests 
were not to shave their head or shave their beards. It was a mark of consecration to God and a mark of serving God. The the priests allowed their hair to grow. They allowed their beard to grow as a mark of their consecration to the service of God. But now God tells Ezekiel the priest, shave your head. Shave your beard. The temple in Jerusalem will be destroyed by the Babylonians. And the priests will stop serving God in the temple until another temple uh, is, is built. And so the service of the priests will cease. And so God says, shave off your beard. Shave, shave your head. Those, the, those symbols of your consecration to service. You, you, you can shave them off because the temple is not going to stand much longer. Now, shaving your head, shaving your beard in the Bible, it was also done during times of mourning, uh, during a death, for example. It was also done uh, uh, in humiliation. Remember, David's men had half their beard shaved. It was a way of humiliating someone. It was also done uh, during catastrophic times and Catastrophic times were coming to the city of Jerusalem. Time of, a time of mourning, a time of lamenting was coming to the city of Jerusalem. That's what God is communicating through this, this action of Ezekiel, through this illustration. That the service in the temple is going to end and a time of mourning will take place in Jerusalem. The scales, he's to weigh the hair from his beard and from his head. He's to weigh the hair in scales. Scales in the Bible are a picture of God's judgment. A picture of God's judgment. If you remember in the book of Daniel, I believe Daniel chapter 5, God said to King Belshazzar, you have been weighed in the balances and have been found lacking. You've been weighed in the balances. The the scales, the balances represent God's judgment. And and it indicates to us also that God's judgment is fair. It's it's just. It's right. It's it's deserving. And and I want you to note here that, that God not only tells Ezekiel to divide the hair into three, three piles, but he tells Ezekiel to weigh the hair in a scale. God weighs the hair in a scale. God weighs the hair. Sometimes when a non-believer talks about their sin and talks about God's judgment, they, they mention what we might call the big sin. They say things like, well, I I believe God will allow me into heaven because I haven't done anything really that bad. Like I've never murdered anyone. Maybe you've heard somebody say that. They, They mention a really big sin. But God weighs the hairs in the scale. In other words, God's not just going to judge the big stuff like murder. He's going to judge the little things. The lightest things. 
the things that some might say, well, that's not really that big of a deal, or that's not really that bad, or that's just a small thing, that's a little thing. Well, listen, God's going to put it all in the scales. God's going to weigh it all, the big things and the little things that we've done. Jesus said at the judgment, people will have to give an account for every idle word they spoke in their lifetime. Every idle word, every passing saying, every off-the-cuff statement we've made, everything we've said in, in anger, frustration, all of it, it's going to be put in the scale. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. And it's going to be weighed. That's unimaginable to me. To, to think that at the judgment, people will have to explain and defend every idle word they've ever said in their lifetime. I'm glad for the cross of Jesus Christ that paid for all of our sins, the big sins and the little sins, including every idle word that we've ever said, all of them. And now because of the cross of Jesus Christ, we can stand before God blameless and above reproach. In his sight, we're not going to have to give an account for every idle word or every little sin or every big sin. All of it has been covered and taken away and removed and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. But for the person who doesn't put their faith in Christ. For the non-believer. There's a judgment. The great white throne judgment we're told in the book of Revelation where books are open. And they'll have to give an account for every action, every word. The Bible even indicates every thought, every intent will be judged. God weighs the hairs. He judges everything. Even our words will have to give an account for, for the person who doesn't put their faith in Jesus Christ. So now verse 2 He's to divide up the hair into three, three piles. He says, you shall burn with fire one third. It says, in the midst of the city when the days of the siege are finished. If you remember from last week in chapter 4, one of the little uh, illustrations that God had Ezekiel do was he had Ezekiel take a clay tablet and draw a map of the city of Jerusalem and then build siege ramps and siege walls and, and act out laying siege to the city of Jerusalem. It was a, a picture of the siege of the Babylonians that would take place about 30 years after this time. 
And they will come and attack Jerusalem and they will destroy the city. So now he tells him to take some of that hair and burn it in the midst of the map of the city that he made on the clay tablet there and to burn it. And this represents the destruction of the city of Jerusalem at the hands of the Babylonians. Uh, If you remember from our Jeremiah study, the Babylonians not only conquered the city, but then they burned the city of Jerusalem. And one third uh, of the hair represents that, the burning of Jerusalem. Then verse uh, verse 2 goes on to say, uh, then you shall take one third and strike around it with the sword. And so he's to take a third of the hair and just you know wail on it with the sword and beat on it with the, the sword. So uh, it's talking about one third of the people that will be killed by the sword of the Babylonians. And then one third shall be scattered in the wind. So he's to take the last clump there and just you know throw it in the wind. And I will draw out a sword after them. One third will be scattered. One third will be carried off in the captivity as slaves to the Babylonians. You shall also take a small number of them, you know, just a small number of hairs and bind them in the edge of your garment. Now, this small number of hairs Ezekiel placed in his garment, it represented the Jewish people that the Babylonians left behind in the land of Judah after conquering all the cities and destroying all the cities and carrying the majority of the people off as slaves to Babylon. They left behind, you know, the the weak and the infirmed and the elderly uh, and just kind of left them this small number behind in the land. Among them was the prophet Jeremiah, if you remember. Jeremiah stayed behind in the land. Then take some of them again and throw them into the midst of the fire and burn them in the fire. From there, a fire will go out into all the house of Israel. So that that small number that he, he put in the edge of his garment, he's to take some of that now and he's to throw that into the fire and, and take some of that and, and burn it. This represents the misery of the people who were left behind in Judah and Jerusalem. Uh, they, they lived in uh, miserable conditions. Uh, if you remember in the book of Lamentations, Lamentations chapter 4, it says, the punishment of my people was greater than that of Sodom, because Sodom was overthrown in a moment. But the people of Judah and Jerusalem, they were left behind in the land and they suffered for a long time. At least Sodom was judged quickly and it was over. The people that were left behind in the land by the Babylonians, uh, their suffering was prolonged and painful. Uh, Again, read the book of Lamentations and it describes uh, the suffering of the people that were left behind. Now, in verse five, God demonstrates or God explains what this demonstration represents. Thus says the Lord, this is Jerusalem. I have set her in the midst of the nations and the countries all around her. Now, you can stop right there. 
verse 5 is a very important verse. This is a verse that I like to talk about when we take trips to Israel. Uh, We spend some time talking about the geography of Israel and the geographic location of the promised land in the ancient world. And I reference this verse. We usually do that talk on one of the first days that we're there, usually at Megiddo uh, in the northern part of Israel, up in the Galilee. And we talk about uh, the significance of, of geography. God says here in verse 5 that he has set Jerusalem in the midst of the nations or at the center of all the nations. You know, the ancient Jews used to say that Jerusalem was the center of the earth and the center of Jerusalem was the temple and the center of the temple was the Holy of Holies where the glory of God dwelt. And so the Holy of Holies in the Jewish mind in the ancient world was the center of the center of of the whole world. So he's talking about the geography of the land of Israel here. And when we think about where the promised land was located geographically, I think for some of us, we we think of of the land of Israel as somewhere in the middle of, of nowhere. You know, where, the, where the God's people could live and they could worship God kind of off on their own, away from everything, kind of just out in the boonies, you know, like, like out in South Dakota or Iowa or something like that. And, uh, but, but really what we see here is that God strategically placed his people, the Jews, right at the geographic center of the ancient world. He actually put them at the biggest intersection of the ancient world. If you think about a map of, of Israel and kind of a map of the Middle East, and if you look at that map of Israel, you'll see that Israel sits right where the continents of Europe, Asia, and Africa meet. So anyone traveling between those continents had to pass through the land of Israel. Any commerce, any trade, any business between those continents. If they didn't go by sea, most of them went by land and they passed through uh, the land of Israel. Also, all of the biggest superpowers of the ancient world surrounded the land of Israel. Again, if you look at a map or you think about the map of Israel in the ancient world, you've got Egypt to the southwest, you've got uh, Assyria and Babylon and Persia uh, these, these huge superpowers of the ancient world. And Israel sat right in the middle of all of the great superpowers of the ancient world. And so that made Israel the battleground between these superpowers. Uh, a lot of wars took place in Israel because of its location between these kingdoms. Uh, Israel is sometimes referred to as the land between Because it's the land between these great kingdoms. It's also referred to as the sacred bridge. Because it's the bridge that connects Europe and Asia and Africa. And God placed his people right there. All the places he could have put them. He put them at the most important intersection of the ancient world. Why did he do that? so that they could be a witness for God 
in the world. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Ezekiel. The Israelites had a difficult time trusting God, especially when things didn't go their way. But despite their wavering faith, God's faithfulness never wavered. He even sent someone like Ezekiel to speak not only truth, but hope. God had something much greater for the Israelites, and He has something much greater for you, too. If today's message with Pastor Dan on Ring of Truth has touched you and you'd like to know more about how God can change your life, we'd love to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. And we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study. And we'd love to have you join us. You can visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions, service times, and what you can expect when you join us. We want to say thank you for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the Bible when you tune in next time, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize